I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. A buzz in the NFL, Trey Lance's pro day. And as you could expect, the odds are improving on the guy in the news. He was plus 550 to be the third pick for San Francisco. Now his odds have been more than cut in half, plus 225, Trey Lance. But he's still the third favorite behind Fields and Jones. Alex Smith retires, started off as the number one overall pick, ended as the comeback player of the year. How good was he? We'll look at it. Big night in the NBA, Milwaukee hosting the Suns. Milwaukee favored by three. 76ers hosting staff in Golden State. Sixers by nine. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Busy day today, busy day. We got speculation in the NFL, and at the end of the hour, about 6.50, a little before that Eastern, I'm going to give a draft best bet, a draft best bet to you. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we had a retirement earlier in the NFL, we've also got a second pro day for a draft hopeful. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Well, we can't bet retirement. So we're going to Vegas lead Trey Lance pro day. What does it all mean? And in just a couple of minutes, Jonas, Colin today, he made a big thing about why would San Francisco leak? They don't leak. Why would they leak? I've got three reasons. After we talk about Trey Lance, three reasons why I think Mac Jones was leaked by the 49ers. Yeah, it's one of the uh, top draft prospects at the quarterback position in the NFL draft. It is Trey Lance of North Dakota State, who had his second pro day ahead of the draft late next week. He's projected to be a top 10 pick in the upcoming draft. Okay, first let's start with the Vegas odds, the betting odds on who's going to go number three. And this year the draft starts at number three uh, with almost certainty with Trevor Lawrence and almost certainty with Zach Wilson, number three, San Francisco. Who's it going to be? And McKenzie, uh, I'm going to read the latest odds I have. If anything's updated, let me know. Uh, Justin Fields is the favorite still, plus 100. So even money to be the third pick. Mac Jones, the second favorite, plus 150. 100 wins you 150. Now, Trey Lance today. Oh, go ahead, McKenzie. I didn't say anything. That's correct. Oh, I thought I thought you were correcting me. I'm like, well, we got to hear the right. All right, plus 150. Awesome. And then Trey Lance, plus 225. Now, that's been a movement towards Lance. He was plus 550 not that long ago. So uh, it seems predictable 
Jonas, that when there's a quarterback in the news, people are thinking, huh, 49ers are there. Oh, we heard about the report with the coach or the former player from Washington that was coaching him up a little bit. It seems like there's a lot of smoke saying maybe Trey Lance. What do you think of the merit of it to the 49ers? I mean, at this point, if if every time a guy has a pro day, we're just going to start adjusting the line, that would lead me to believe that this is more of well for entertainment purposes you know see if we can if we can have a little bit of a like i don't know what his second pro day would have done that would warrant any sort of movement whatsoever if he went out and just had an awful pro day i get it but i mean this is couldn't you make the case though the 49ers being so hands-on with this pro day is is certainly not a sign of disinterest right it's a sign of interest because i mean let's think of the opposite the other extreme would be they don't carry as a second pro day they don't attend it wouldn't that look really poorly to the thought that they want them I see. I don't know because I, I don't know what showing up to these pro days does. You'll you'll hear you'll see a lot of teams that show up to pro days or show up to workouts that know they have no chance at actually being able to draft that guy because he's already going to be gone. So maybe they're looking at some other players that are that are out there working out with him. So I I, I don't know whether or not I should read too much into that. Yeah. Now, unless I'm mistaken, I I think today was just isolated with him. But but maybe I'm wrong about that. Did you see the report? I think it came from ESPN on the uh, former Washington quarterback that the Shanahan's, uh, I think Beck's his name. John Beck. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. You want to uh, you want to share that with us? I only know that he, I know he's been working with quarterbacks, and I think there was some sort of a correlation that they tied in that John Beck, who knows the Shanahan's uh, or worked with the Shanahan's, uh, has been working with Trey Lance as well too. That that's that's what I gathered from from the report. So my understanding is just a little variation of that, which was uh, Lance has his quarterback coach. It wasn't Beck, but they asked the 49 Lance, would you let Beck coach you up for a few weeks? And I guess it's been upwards of, uh, I think, six, actually. And then what they had him uh, work on is what they wanted to see today. So it did feel mighty hands-on. And from what I'm hearing, and Mike Lombardi, who is, you know, Lombardi's the type uh, friend of the show and a real good guy, but he's, uh, you know, connected, a media guy now, and he is strongly saying that there is one, he says, Justin Fields is not going to be the pick for the 49ers. And uh, Colin talked about this today also from Lombardi. Um, Number two, he's saying that Shanahan very much wants Mac Jones. Ultimately, it's his decision. But there's contingents within the 49ers that want Trey Lance and this was a act of hey I'm keeping an open mind so it kind of makes sense if this is true that Shanahan feels strongly about Mac Jones odds are very good it's gonna be Mac Jones but for people in the building that want Trey Lance hey show them respect really get involved in his workout and then make your decision everyone's happy plus you've gained some intel I'm not saying for sure that's the case, but it seems like everything would fit that. uh, If that were the case, it seems like all the evidence fits. 
Yeah, and, and this, uh, just in thinking about the, what the 49ers are going to do, I've gone back and forth on this, so I'm following along with these media reports, and my I'm being swung in one direction or the other, because if you ask me a week ago, I would have said Mac Jones is the pick. You ask me uh, over the weekend, I'd say it was Justin Fields. You ask me now, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire, maybe it is uh, Trey Lance as being the guy who's going to go number three. I really think it's up in the air. Maybe that's an indicator why the odds are so close. I just, if, if I were looking at it right now, I just feel like Justin Fields is going to be the guy, but I, who the hell knows at this point? I mean, this well, has been bizarre. It's a good tease because right before 650, I'm going to make us better than 50-50, Jonas. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> we are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Okay, so here's the question. And on the herd, a good point was made that, wait a minute, 49ers hired their GM a few years ago. And it was like, no leak. And then it was like, okay, they were going to do this trade. No leak before. And then now, all of a sudden, they're picking Mac Jones, but it's leaked. Multiple places, seemingly, to Shafter. What's going on? And Colin felt like there was no rhyme or reason for that. Well, I'm going to give you three reasons that I believe that the leak, if the 49ers are planning to pick Mac Jones, why they would want it out there. Okay, and I want to get your thoughts after each one of these, Jonas. All right. Number one, there's a theory in communications and persuasion, which is if you're going to do something shocking, the sooner that you get it out there, the more normal it becomes. And I think we can think of things politically. We can think of a lot of stuff that if you release something as a rumor, oh, he might pick some you know person for the Supreme Court you wouldn't expect – you know, someone maybe that's not evidently qualified or whatever. And then if it gets out, there's a big uproar, but everyone's like, well, we don't really know if it's true. And then a month later it happens, but no one has a lot of rage left because they kind of let half of the rage out. If they were against it, half the rage out before my first thought. Number one is if you're going to do something shocking and let's just use an example, let's say that, um, uh, LeBron was going to retire. Now, first of all, no idea that's going to happen at all. all right? In fact, I'd, I'd make a major bet it won't. But if he was going to retire and he was worried about people being shocked, what would he do? He'd have a person or two whisper in a few reporters, hey, LeBron's questioning if he wants to keep playing. It's going to lead Sports Center. It's going to lead FSR. And then everyone's going to say, huh, I wonder. I wonder. A couple weeks later, he retires. The, the bombshell effect is diminished greatly. And the 49ers, this is a shocking pick. This is a pick that a lot of people are flabbergasted by. Thus, to seed the ground, get it out there early, get everyone talking about it. Because if it happens on draft night, what's going to be the reaction? Yep, that leak was right. It won't be, oh my God, what are they doing? Thought number one, Jonas. Yeah, no, and I do think that's a tactic that's used uh, used in sports, especially. Uh, I remember Les Miles when he was the coach at LSU. Um, it was going into one of their last games the year before he got fired. Uh, there were rumblings that he was going to be let go. The, uh, he had his coach's show. There were people there that were crying at LSU at his coach's show because they heard the rumors. And then all of a sudden, the SID comes out and says, oh, no, no, we weren't planning on, uh, on getting rid of uh, Coach Miles. He's here to stay. And then he was fired about four games into the next season. It was almost like a heat check to see what the reaction would be. And then he pulled back a little bit until they had no choice the following season. So I do think that is a, a real tactic and is probably one that's being used here also. 
Well, I get a good grade from Jonas on that one. Okay, now point number two, we're straight out of Vegas, is you want to see how he responds. Because obviously, even if you're strongly inclined to that pick, you haven't made it yet. If he somehow got hurt badly, you might not make it. But what happens if he starts freaking out in the media? If someone says, you should, you know, you don't have a strong arm, he starts screaming at him. I think in general, you get the spotlight. Mac Jones, as much as he was in the spotlight as a national championship quarterback, this NFL spotlight's a different thing. And the spotlight has been on him at his pro day and all that, a lot more than it would have been. And how he reacts to that, there's only upside to see that. So I don't think it's so much they're worried about how the public's reacting. They're going to do what they think is right, the 49ers, though they will want to seed the ground, as we said, I think. But I think for to see how he reacts, though not as big of a factor, why not? Why not see? Because you don't want to find out how he does in the spotlight after you've made the pick. Yeah, it's like telling someone they got the job before they actually signed the paperwork and they're not signing the paperwork for a couple of weeks. You know, oh. what are, what do they do in that two week period with knowing they're going to be the guy? What do they do in that two week period as they approach the official job? Can you trust them in that period? And so far, I think if that's the case, he's passed with flying colors, especially as the scrutiny. And I think you made a great example there. But in this case, it'd be a high profile job in which the scrutiny is yeah. going to be a different level that they've never faced before. And finally, Finally, and I said this one before, I think it's important, but it's, you know, it's the smaller one, I think, is show commitment to him. Because if he got a surprise on draft night, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I got picked. He's going to feel great about it. But if it's the 49ers saying, you're our guy, or if he gets picked, I'm not saying they're telling him, but if he gets picked, and since it's been leaked now for six weeks, he's going to think, oh, I was their pick all along. And to me, if you're making a commitment to someone, you might as well make them feel good about the depth of that commitment beyond the millions of dollars. I think in general, it, it, it serves no purpose to make it seem like it was a close call. From this beginning, it was Mac Jones. We came up to get you three number ones. You're the man. And I'm Kyle Shanahan saying that you're the man. So, you know, it counts. I think there's something there, too. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, also, uh, we've seen John Gruden get some heat because he compliments and flirts with every quarterback. I mean, at least, you know, they're letting him know you're our guy, despite what everybody else says. We know it's a surprise to everybody else. Uh, so if it ends up being Mac Jones, the fact that way ahead of time, they let it be known to the world and publicly that this is the guy we're interested in. Not only that, but we're willing to trade up all of this to go and acquire you to show the confidence we have in you to be our next quarterback. I think that would benefit him as well, too. I agree. Three for three. Well, Mackenzie, who is the <laughs> first cousin of Kyle Shanahan, true story. What do you think of my three? I love it. I love the idea of revaluing Jones in the eyes of the public. It's not shocking now when you say Jones is going to go number three. March 30th, it definitely was. So it's a, it's a way to sanitize it to the meat, to the, to the past public. And imagine how shocking it would have been if there was no leak at all and people were thinking Jones is going 15th. It would have right. been. It would have been the only thing people are talking about. Take it. To, well, now, they saw it happen. They saw it happen with Trubisky, right? And it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, but Trubisky was. I mean, you, you mean in that 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 it was a surprise pick, Trubisky, or that it was not? Yes, surprise, surprise pick out of nowhere, and everybody said, "What the hell are they doing?" At least this way, we might not have recovered from it. it. Be known. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might not have recovered. Now, here's what we got to do. 
now that it's been said here, listen to the other shows. And I think we're going to hear this a little bit in the next, a little bit more than a little bit in the next couple of days. That's my prediction. All right. When we come back, Alex Smith, he did, he was the number one pick in the draft, number one overall. He ended as the comeback player of the year, but he was pretty good in between. How good was he? We'll get into it. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I disagree with I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will talk about the retirement of a three-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. You're going to be surprised at how he's done Alex Smith against the spread, the ultimate equalizer. Great day to join us. This is the Fastest Growing Show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to deliver for you. You can listen to us on 225 stations nationwide. Just go to foxsportsradio.com if you don't know your station. Or you can stream it right there on the Strip. Here in Vegas, 86 degrees, and the neon is chugging. So, RJ, earlier today, three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Alex Smith announced his retirement from the NFL after a 16-year career, drafted number one overall back in 2005. So, it goes without saying, but it probably shouldn't go without being said, that it was a courageous comeback. I mean, more times than not, Non-professional athletes are like, when they understand the true nature of decisions, they are like, wow, I would not have made that decision. I mean, how many people said, even I would say, and when I say even I, I mean, I'm usually on the fanatical side of whatever I'm engaged in. And even I would say, okay, the guy's done it for 15 years prior to last year. He almost lost his leg and now he's going to go out there, and I don't think objectively he could have ever been as good as he was. So he would go out, be a lesser version of himself, and potentially, and knock on wood, it didn't happen, thankfully, in hindsight, could have had a major injury, and who knows what the consequences to that would have been. Um, It was scary. I mean, you're a fan, Jonas, meaning that you take in the games, you're thinking about you know, more than just the betting line. It was kind of, I think a lot of people felt scared when they were watching him this year. Well, when he came in, uh, the first time he got wrapped up, uh, and it was pretty early when he came to the game, because I think it was against the Rams. And the first time he got wrapped up, I was almost cringing, thinking, oh, my God, if this, you know, these D linemen fall on him, uh, you know, the wrong way, is it going to happen again? And it just you had this uneasy feeling just based on how nasty the injury was. Then there was the E60 they did on the, uh, you know, the uh, infection he got and how he almost lost the leg and them having to take him to a a place that dealt with war wounds and war injuries as opposed to just a normal sports injury. So you saw all that and then you see the guy come back out clearly no nowhere close to what he was and then to get wrapped up and sacked that early i i just felt like man don't fall wrong don't let all these people land on you the wrong way and then next thing you know we got another tragedy on our hands and another bad accident but yeah it's amazing comeback what he was able to do 
the funny thing is when you use the words don't let them fall on you like this is NFL football <laughs> I, I, that's the least you can I mean my grandfather when he was 88 it was like don't let them fall on the ice it, I mean it, it, it's one of those ones where you're just hoping they blow the whistle and call the play dead so he doesn't have to fall so they don't land all their weight on him but yeah it was rough but, but he was and you know what's funny if you actually look at a straight up record, it was by far the best Washington had last year. Yep. And some of that was luck, maybe, or some of it was, you know, I'm a believer. And listen, a lot of people are going to say, RJ, I agree with almost all or a lot of what you say, but that's crazy. Here it comes, craziness. I actually believe we have no idea how Tim Tebow affected the Broncos that year that everyone seems to believe it was just random, that somehow this guy who was a winner all through college comes in the NFL, doesn't have the best throwing motion, doesn't even have a you know NFL-level ability, maybe, as a passer. At least, I think that was discovered ultimately when he couldn't get with another team. But somehow they kept winning those games. In, 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 in heroic fashion late, was that a coincidence that Tebow, the kind of guy that's, like, that's a leader, is going to lead them to victories? I don't think so. And I don't think it was a coincidence, Alex Smith, that the record was better than the stats last year. And to me, he was a he. And if you're an NFL player, you understand the violence of the game more than we do. You're going to respect him even more. So I think Washington benefited in ways beyond the stats, though admittingly the stats were horrible last year for Alex Smith and personally as a backer of Washington to win the division a big bet we made here about a month ago I am happy it's not Alex Smith this year but we want to celebrate his career we are straight out of Vegas speaking of that let's talk about the ATS record McKenzie pregame.com research his record throughout his entire career Alex Smith against the spread was 55 percent Okay, so um, 55%. So he covered enough. Now, pro better, the goal of a pro better is 55%. And people say, oh, that's hardly better than flipping a coin. You're right. It's only one out of 20 games different than a drunk baby flipping a coin gets 50% long term. And the drunk is creates a randomness, you know, a little bourbon on the binky. <laughs> and I used to say drunk baby throwing darts, but people kind of didn't like that vision. And the, the fact of the matter is that 55% gives you a bigger edge over the bookie than the bookie has versus a coin flipper. So 50 to 52.4 is the edge a bookie has over a coin flipper, which is 2.4. And then you think about 52.4 to 55 is actually 2.6. So it's a slightly bigger edge than it, the house has against literally a drunk baby who isn't making the bets because it's 21 <laughs> or over, but he's making the picks, the, the baby. It, I think it, it's a she actually, John. It, it's, it's funny when, because um, there's a lot of people who hear that number when you say, you know, 50, you're just hoping to do 55%. There's a lot of people who might say, oh, well, I could do 55%. It's like, okay, well, here's 100 games. You know, pick, <laughs> pick winners in 100 games. Let's see how you do. And then once you look at it in those terms, then you realize it's a lot more difficult than, than you maybe understand. And for everyone that does it 100 games, or every 100 people that do it for 100 games, there's probably going to be five that can do it for 1,000. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing. It's, a long, it's, it's the long term of it. And remember, and you know this as a batter, uh, you know, you have fun with it, is the bookie gives you every single edge. Think about it, except one. You get to decide which games you bet on, which games you don't, how much you bet when you bet, 
everything. Parlays, teasers, you can do anything you want. All the book he says is give me a little bit of that vig, the vigorish, <laughs> and make it 110 to win 100, and we'll find. You can have every other edge. And literally about 3% of betters win long term. 97% <laughs> lose just because that little edge. Yeah, we are straight out of Vegas, but we don't like the bookies. Uh, Mackenzie, any other stats you think really jump out with Alex Smith? Yes, I think Alex Smith's career is kind of hopeful for Sam Darnold. He's one of the rare quarterbacks what? that played really <laughs> poorly his first couple of seasons, never had a QBR above 50 for his first seven years in the league. Well, hold on, hold, hold, hold and on. And then he turned second. out decent. Hold on, we knew where you were going. Now, hold on okay. a second. So, what was his QBR? Do this, this will be a, a, we'll have this in five minutes. I want you to look at his first three years. And have his QBR. Now, here's what you need to do, though. You need to adjust the league average QBR. So the league average QBR was what during Alex Smith? Now it's like 53 or 54. So let's assume it was it's 54 now, but you'll check on it. And it was 50 back with Alex Smith. You're going to have to give Alex Smith four points to get up to normalization. You agree with that, right? Yes. All right. Yes, totally. At that point, let's just look at uh, Darnold, his first three years versus Alex Smith's first three. Do do the adjustment. And just get, I don't want to hear any talk except two numbers QBR average adjusted for Alex Smith versus Sam Darnold you got it you on it yeah, I'm right. on it. we're straight out of <laughs> Vegas any closing thoughts on Alex Smith Jones um, I, I just I, obviously a successful career just based on where he started as McKenzie pointed out there was a rough go to start in San Francisco not all of that is on him they had a bunch of different offensive coordinators once Harbaugh got there things started to turn around a little bit but when you actually I think what's going to get lost is people are going to look at the Patrick Mahomes era with, with Andy Reid and they're going to go man you know Patrick Mahomes got to a couple of Super Bowls he won at least one so far Andy Reid he finally got Andy Reid his Super Bowl I don't think people realize even the year before Patrick Mahomes was given the starting job and they traded Alex Smith to Washington, Alex Smith had a really, really good year. Like he was in MVP discussions. He was playing that well for Kansas City. So this turnaround for the Chiefs didn't start with Patrick Mahomes. It was actually Alex Smith that led to Patrick Mahomes. And I hope that doesn't get lost when we tell the story. No, it's a good point. And it actually brings up a point that I'm going to bring up right around 650 when we I do my pick on the draft, which is how historically have quarterbacks done when your replacement has gotten has been drafted? If you think about it, Tom Brady had gone 10 years without or nine years without a Super Bowl. Then Jimmy G got drafted and they had three Super Bowl wins quickly after that. Three. Now, is it a coincidence it was nine years before the good-looking guy that's going to replace you shows up, and then all of a sudden there's three Super Bowls? Okay, maybe it's not a coincidence. Now, we know, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers situation, right? Was it a coincidence that he had five, like, literally borderline average years, slightly above average? I mean, that's it. That's all Aaron Rodgers was, at least statistically. And then he had maybe his best year of his career after the first-rounder, quarterback uh, maybe that's a coincidence maybe it's not you gotta wonder does jimmy g step up like that does G- and then if you think about it, alex smith would be the yeah. other example with patrick mahomes and he has his career year and is this an example where maybe shanahan's saying we keep jimmy g and he's going to be motivated because he wants to go somewhere good next year and, and also, to your point on his track record against the spread, the, the one thing, and, and you guys have talked about this, how important 
not turning the ball over is in the NFL. Like the percentages on how how likely you are to win a game if you just win the turnover battle in the NFL. The one thing you can say about Alex Smith, yeah, he didn't throw the ball deep down the field like a Mahomes or, or like a Ben Roethlisberger or some of these guys. But he really, especially when he started really playing uh, later on in his career, when he when he started to settle down in San Francisco and then into Kansas City and Washington, he didn't throw interceptions. So I wonder if that also was part of the reason why the ATS record was so good, because you knew you were probably going to win the turnover battle with Alex Smith just based on the fact that he didn't take chances and put himself in, in harm's way when it came to making a mistake. I think it's a great point, and I think that you saw that with Brady in the playoffs. He understood that it wasn't about stats. It was going to be about turnovers. And, I mean, you I don't remember exactly what it is that's making me recollect this, but it was like I think he was breaking down a game after it was over, but he was talking about how, hey, he made this throw here because there was no chance of a turnover. And, you know, it's 77%. Yeah. It's it literally you almost win 80. This is what's amazing. The chance of winning the game, the likelihood, if you lead at halftime, is less than if you win the turnover battle. It's crazy. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be times you're leading by 30 at halftime. So you, all that is rolled in and you win less than 77% of the time, even if you're leading at halftime. And to me, that's with no consideration of turnovers. Or you can say, hey, you won the turnover battle. And... You think about it, the quarterbacks that are the gunslingers, even Favre, who was the best gunslinger maybe ever, he didn't win as much as you might think they should have, right? The one Super Bowl was a nice win, and give him credit. But boy, oh boy, you look at a Brady, you look at a Manning even with two, and and tell me this, who's the best quarterback that threw a lot of interceptions? Right and jeez, oh, and some yeah. people some people look at Aaron Rodgers and said he's been so fixated on not throwing the ball away, or I'm sorry, not th- throwing into interceptions that he hasn't been aggressive enough, and that is the balance. If you look at uh, Carr from the Raiders, you sometimes before last year he was checking down too much, and you don't want that. You want you can you're willing to give up a few interceptions to go downfield. But the quarterbacks that can go downfield and not throw interceptions, those are the best of the best. And, you know, I asked the question, I'll give you a chance to answer. I mean, who is the best quarterback, let's say, of the last decade that threw a lot of interceptions? Oh, gee. I mean, if not, you know, because he's been retired, but I would say, obviously, Brett Favre is in the conversation. So let's say after Favre. Oh, geez. It's hard to say, right? Eli, Eli Manning? Yeah, I mean, and Eli Manning was what? Maybe yeah. the 14th best quarterback? Yeah, if that. During yeah, if during that. his you know prime, really, I would make the case. Now, he stepped up, obviously. Yes. But, all right, so here's what we'll do. When we, well, we're going to see what's trending, but before, then when, after, we're going to talk about the Nets because I have been a big supporter of the Nets, but I'm seeing something that's concerning me. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, we will talk Nets. But also, I've got a best bet in the draft. I haven't given it anywhere else right here first for free. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Don't 
I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the team of talking uh, that we have done a lot of talking about, rather, this season in the NBA is the Brooklyn Nets. A couple of big-time moves for the Nets, obviously, over the past couple of years. And they've built a super team. But unfortunately, they have run into a little bit of a rut here, and they lose 109-107 to the Miami Heat on Sunday night. So let's do a thought experiment. If the only thing you cared about, and you were the decision maker, if the only thing you cared about was winning an NBA title, what parts of Brooklyn's recent past concern you? I would make the case only one. And I'm not even sure that, well, no, I'll make the case of one. And that one is that the big three are not going to have an opportunity to play together sufficiently before the playoffs in order to have the cohesion and the comfort comfort level that you'd want from the big three. Otherwise, I look at Durant and I think this injury, he's out, it's, it's precautionary. No one thinks he's really hurt. What they're saying is these games don't matter. And I don't like it as a fan, but I'm not concerned about it as a better or as a backer of the Nets. Kyrie, yeah, his history in the playoffs is to get hurt and whatever, but I don't see any injuries with him that worry me. And Harden is a rock typically. Not right now, but typically. If the big three are there, I think the Nets are the clear favorite. If they're not, I don't, you know, they're clearly not the favorite. Even if one of them's out, they're clearly not the favorite. Lakers are the same thing. If they have both guys, not necessarily the favorite. But that's a battle if it's Nets and Lakers. But if one guy's out of their big two, forget about it. So if anything, I think more than any year I can remember, Jonas, the NBA title is probably going to be decided by fluky type injuries because if both Nets and Lakers are healthy, I think it's going to be a hell of a battle. If one key player is hurt on either team, I think that Philadelphia or whomever – has the better chance, and Philly would be my you know, favorite there, though the odds say Milwaukee. What do you think of this? Well, I, I was also just in talking about, and I would agree with you just from the standpoint, if they're not able to build that continuity with each other when they get into the postseason, that could be an issue. And and that sort of dovetails off you know, the availability aspect of it, the injuries, they're seemingly banged up, Kyrie's got his own issues. I've wondered about this, though, over the past you know week or so. Who's the least valuable member of the big three? Like, if, if, if Vegas were handicapping the Nets going into the postseason without either Durant or without Harden or without Kyrie Irving, which one could they is, – is, is yeah, I would less say Ky- likely to hurt them? I, I would guess. say Kyrie. Yeah. And that's, that's a personal opinion, I, but I, I think the odds would back that – or, you know, the adjustments would back that up. Though so I would make the case Harden and Kyrie – remember – when the trade happened, it wasn't like the Nets went to be the favorite. There was a lot of skepticism. There's only one ball. They're going to play defense. What yeah. we've seen is Harden and Kyrie play well together. We haven't seen enough with Durant and Harden to know for sure, though they've got a history, but that's a long, long time ago. So let's do this. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's take a quick look-see at the two games tonight and then my best bet in the NFL. Yeah, it's an ESPN doubleheader tipping off a little over a half hour from now. It's the Warriors at the 76ers right now on pregame.com. Philly is a five and a half point favorite. How macho, how manly must you be, Jones, to say, let's take a look-see at that game. See, that's just total <laughs> confidence right there. Okay, interesting here. I mean, Steph Curry, by accounts I respect, Bill Simmons among them in the NBA, 
best he's ever played. Last nine games, he's averaged 40 points per game, 4-0. Now, you look at Embiid, Embiid's a monster. He's playing exceptionally well. Uh, McKenzie, you got the uh, 36-minute on Embiid? Yes, number one in the league, 33.5 points per 36. And didn't you say that that somehow the 28 points was the threshold that, that Kobe never went past? Yeah, he only had that one season above 28. And he's and five th- points above that. Yep, five points, sixth all-time in history, only behind Wilt, Harden, and uh, Giannis. Wow. Giannis? Giannis had that many points per game? Per, per 36 last year, yeah, wow. killer season. Except when the playoffs came. <laughs> so Now, what's fascinating to me, Jonas, is the fact that Embiid's been killing it since he came back, but... Jokic has surged. Remember, we made our bet on Jokic, minus 200. He surged when I gave it out just a few days ago, minus 200 on Jokic to win the MVP. Now it's minus 325. I'm not saying there's any connection, but you can judge that, Jones. Um, and then quickly, if we look at the <laughs> if we look at the Phoenix and Milwaukee, I find it interesting. The line's three here, so they're saying Milwaukee is the better team because home court's down a little bit without you know with less fans. And it is no, it is noteworthy in that Pacific Division odds that we have the twelve to one ticket on, and a lot of our listeners do too. The Suns are right around Pickham with the Clippers, and you you're saying, well, they're up big. Why is that? Well, in the division, it's because of the strength of schedule coming up. It's going to be a real tough road for the Suns. Yeah, and uh, you've also, RJ, got a best bet on the NFL draft as well, too. We have promised a winner as we approach the draft. It is next week here on Fox Sports Radio, so it is best bet time from RJ Bell, the voice of Vegas. This one's simple. Mac Jones would be the number three pick in the draft, and here's why. Plus 150, by the way. 100 wins you 150. Underdog payoff. Here's why. Mike Lombardi said it in a way that you got to know how to listen to the guys. I listen to Lombardi a lot. He, when he knows something, he says it a certain way. He know no personal info from him on this one. He knows something here. Mac Jones plus one fifty. And remember, early in the show, if you didn't listen, listen to the podcast. We explained why San Francisco would leak if they're picking Mac Jones. If they're not picking Mac Jones, why would they leak that they are? There's no rhyme or reason to that. That's the killer for me that says it's Mac Jones. Thus, best bet, Mac Jones, plus 150 to be the third pick of San Francisco. If you missed any of today's show, including that best bet and also a discussion regarding the retirement of Alex Smith and his true value towards the spread during his playing career, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app.